Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. A day in the life of Drummer Hare, late 1950s. Early, always earlier, and earlier than needed. Yeah, the first postmen were there by 6.20 for the 6.30 mail van from Sligo. Paddy Madden on duty, Sweet Afton, almost finished, picks up pebbles to throw up to the window to alert my mother. Mick McLaughlin is here from Sligo with the van. Morning has broken with post bags to the sorting office awaiting the arrival of the six other postmen, that's Matty Kivlin, Jack McGowan, Paddy Scott, Pat McGovern, James Hart, Miles Meehan. They sort letters with my mother and <coughs> they're ready for delivery to Corcusconi and Corrity Moor, Beoch and Garva, Kilanamina, Meany Moor and Lugnishkeehan, Gretna Farna and Kilavogi. Letters from America, letters from Motherwell and Kilburn and Blackburn. Bikes mounted, and as they leave, they meet and greet the few going to morning Mass. Mass at eight every day, without the Sunday sermon, the torture mock sermon, the giving out sermon. On the Mass Goers' return from Mass, there was a small group of teenagers readying for the school bus to Manor Hamilton and to the schools in Sligo. There was still no free secondary education until 1966, and so, therefore, the numbers were fairly small. Newspapers delivered from the bus. Main political persuasions catered for. No shop open yet, not until nine. Smell of fry, smell of bacon. Before nine, the younger children are walking with older brothers and sisters, all on their way to school. There was no children taken to school by adults. The teachers in the surrounding schools, Kilanomery, Ballantohor, Kilavogi, are on the road, ready to open their schools and begin the day. A guard is in uniform. He walks to the barracks to relieve his colleague on duty. Relieved guard returns home. Another safe and secure night. Nothing stirring, all quiet and drumhair. Father Matt has gone to Ross's Point for a daily swim. He waves from his open-top Morris Minor. Now it's nine. Time for the shops to open. There's order here. O'Hara's is at the top of the village. Like a good suit, it's double-fronted. Drapery and grocery. That was the national model. And as a child, the most vivid image of this shop was a its giant bacon slicer. All the grocery stores had one, but this bacon slicer, what, Bet Banneher, to my eight-year-old's eyes, was huge. Next was Robinson's. Now, this held a special place for us. A range of agricultural handheld tools outside and inside regulation grey, blue uniformed staff, a family, father and son. 
that this shop stocked the fishing gear that we all wanted, craved. Reels, lines, hooks and some rods. Save your pocket money. Save up for a rod, a fiberglass rod. But it was also a very special house. Here, when you were ready, you could get music lessons, piano lessons. Two houses in the village had lessons. Well, not yet, if ever. Well, it depended. A shop front with bold lettered sign F. Kelly already closed. A sign maybe of things to come? Oh, maybe. Next, a shop called Brady's. The very innovative scheme run by the older Brady teenagers was to show films in the basement. Cowboy films for a while. A great idea for a while. He copied the idea from a man somewhere around Sligo who showed films in the hall. Or lots of groans when he had to change reels, which wasn't a smooth or a swift operation. I was on a school visit 30-odd years later to a factory near Wolverhampton. Oh, they were very proud of their innovative scheme of sending money in little containers on overhead wires. Now, I had to take the wind out of these black country businessmen's sails, pointing out that Gilmer's in Drumahair in North Leitrim already had that in the 1950s. All transactions whirling around the ceiling. Now, this was a five-part shop. First, the grocery, where messages were bought and collected. Messages. Opposite, a drapery of curtains, clothes, and generally everything to keep you fitted out. A back entrance where farming and construction and household stuff was bought. Then out the back to the yard for Polish or English coal, timber and clarender for feeding calves. And central headquarters was the office. Invoices in, bills out, salesmen visiting. It was the centre of the village, the story of the village, ledgers story of the area's commerce in those giant ledgers. Gold dust for a researcher. And here, the home of one of Trinity's leading professors. Oates's shop and nearest neighbour. Next was John Cosgrove and then Kelly's, my friend, Jean Kelly. Oates shop was our nearest for messages and always a tempting array of cakes all centred on the warmest, most welcoming stove. Batch loaves and donuts. Yeah, as the saying has it, I could resist anything except temptation. Mrs Canning sold sweets, lots of them. I bought far too many, I have to confess to my dentist. Mid-fifties and her shop became a chemist's, so I had to go elsewhere for sweets. To Oates's, to the hotel, to Stanford's. Yeah, pubs had sweets. And to Gilmer's. But the real drama was in the butchers. Well, first there was two dramas. First, this wasn't the ready, neatly prepared butcher's food of today's high street, with the customer watching as a small portion has been cut into smaller portions. No, 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 this was a butcher at work. First, 
with a large handsaw, cutting with considerable effort until a leg is cut off, and then finishing the separation with huge blows of a hatchet-like knife, a cleaver. Then pools of blood swept off the chopping table as he began the more delicate knife work. Handfuls of sawdust to the bloody floor to ease the sweeping up. Washed and toweled hands to finalise prepping your orders. If not enough drama here, then the pool of customers and he had strong opinions about the news of the day. I never understood what some of the customers meant as they laughed at a local man who was up on a charge of drunken disorderly. Are you uh, Mr. So-and-so? Uh, asked the district judge, again in Patton's Hall. The very man, Your Honour, the very man. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie. Doro, make friends with innovation. The hotel opposite our house was Factotum General. Hotel, pub, shop, petrol pumps and a sort of wraparound self-sufficiency. This was also the one thing people asked about when you would say you were from Drumahair. How is the hotel doing? It often seemed as if the village and the hotel shared a common identity. People near and far had fond memory of Jeters's hotel. When the returned emigrant who had lived there for a few years said he was returning to the States because of the bad weather, he said it was nine months of winter and three months of bad weather. This was another straw in the wind. Bikes and walkers mainly to the shops for early morning shopping. And then you'd meet the pony and cart and the horse and cart and the ass and cart on the very slow run to the creamery. Creamery, a mile or so outside the village, had two shops beside it. A grocery, come general store, and a drapery. Lunchtime by now. <clears throat> Lunchtime was dinner time, long before the Kerry politician told us that the plain people of Ireland had their dinner in the middle of the day. Well, we all did then. We didn't know then that we were the plain people of Ireland. The pubs are open. The hotel bar, Patton's, O'Brien's, McGarrell's and Stanford's. There, there's no Fowley's or clubhouse yet. The Guinness lorry and the drayman arrive to collect the empty barrels and unload onto a stuffed bag, then roll new barrels to the rear of each pub. The number of empties, the number of barrels are noted by those comparing local trade. It's an intense interest an intense interest in your neighbour's business. The Sligo fishermen, a club of professionals, for example, the uh, general surgeon, fishermen with brass plates outside their houses in Sligo, have finished their morning salmon fishing 
and stop for a few drinks before returning to Sligo with their catch and their stories. Fishermen's stories. Two ponies are waiting to be shod at the blacksmith's on Market Street. I'd spend hours there after school and during school holidays. The blacksmith's theatre was raw, elemental. And when the parish priest was overheard in school one day telling of his death, I cried. Cried for Moffat from Ballyfarnan. No other connection locally, no family locally, I think. Tractors, more tractors becoming more common now, taking over. Blacksmiths closed. No one reopened it. Early signs of change, that decline of the blacksmith in what had been a timeless warp. F. Kelly closed, and now the blacksmith, and the emigrant gone back from the hotel, the station closed, the mill gone, oh, and now the blacksmith. Things were closing, changing in a more radical, more fundamental fashion. Yeah, the railway station closed. End of an era for the train travellers. I was on the last journey to Manor Hamilton. End of jobs. Two local shops had now lost their passing trade. It was a huge blow to the place's sense of itself. We had been on the Sligo to Enniskillen route with links on to Dublin and to Belfast and then the onward journey for those getting the boat. We were uh, somewhere. We were on the map, on the railway map. Now, a new sense of self would have to be developed. Oh, every business knew that the loss of customers to the boat was having a deleterious impact annually. Just a question of time. But, but something else was afoot. Something to speed up the 50s into the 60s. The supermarkets. The cost-cutting chain stores were arriving in the bigger towns. I was fascinated by the intense interest of all the adults in the prices in the new Drada supermarket when we were on the family annual holiday to see family in Drada that summer. Soon one would be coming to Sligo. Would people shop there? Would this affect local trade? Anyway, the hotel was the star of the village. We loved watching the cars of some of the guests. Now, around here we had some cars. We had Austin A40s, Beetles. Um, Dad's car was a VW Beetle. And lots of Morris Miners. Or oh, some of the cattle dealers had Austin Cambridges. And some had Woolseys. But the hotel guests often had Rileys, Morgans, sports cars, touring cars. Even the odd Mercedes-Benz. I once saw a Rolls-Royce at the hotel. The almost hidden part of the show was the hotel yard where sheep were butchered, cars serviced, cattle, sheep and pigs, pigs in the garden, fed with clarender. Then the hotel had its own garden, another Victorian garden supplying the hotel kitchen. This hotel had a national reputation and its weekly poetic theatre was the Saturday wedding. My sister's wedding reception was there one Saturday in August 1959, days after the house was rebuilt, after the fire in our house that April. 
The dispensary was always busy, run by another O'Carroll, Dr. Susan O'Carroll. Social welfare was also run locally. The house business of mending shoes and clothes were also thriving. One by the village pump, another upper end drapery on the main street and a dress repairer on the main street also. Two accordions played occasionally in houses in Market Street. Sounded Scottish, now called Scottishy tunes. Maybe someone had been uh, working in Scotland and brought the tunes back. Pitch and toss outside the old parochial house. Oddly enough, they played into the dark, with conflict arising about who was winning, so they couldn't see easily. Boys played marbles around the village. Lots tried their hand at hunting for rabbits and even hares. Uh, yeah, 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 using snares. In season, some shot pheasants and a few joined the Sligo hunt. Barry's fit-up show had arrived and we looked forward to the evening concert and their star turn was Margaret Barry. Banjo on her lap while she sipped a Guinness or two or a few more between songs. Someone, I can't remember who, played a fiddle. She sang. Oh, I loved it. I loved her singing and an early version of the Boston Burglar. And then the wild colonial boy stole the show. There was a wild colonial boy, Jack Duggan was his name. At the early age of 16 to Australia, he was inclined to roam. Inclined? Ha, Maria. A committee of the willing were getting the park ready for the annual show. One of my brother's prized possessions was a rosette he won for pony jumping at the show. Pat McMorrow's pony, I think. Time for Denny's van to deliver flitches of bacon, sausages and lots of cold cured meats to all the grocery shops before touring the smaller shops dotted around the country. Burns in Tully, McSharry's in Tullinscreena, Keegan's, McMorrow's, many, many, many more. Donnelly's vans made their delivery later, similar products. These small country shops were our canary in the coal mine, a test of our oxygen supplies, and soon they were silent. And they closed in an almost agreed silence, no notice in the Leitrim Observer, no Dublin academic tracing their decline. Oh, oh we knew. Enough to know. Put together, the forces of emigration, closure of the railway, the arrival of the supermarkets and most obviously the decline of the Abbey, Jethro's Hotel. Hotel trade, like so many of these country hotels, meant the area was in for another generation of decline. The lunchtime shop closer brought a little custom to the pubs and the hotels. There was some office workers in the village, not many. The hotel and office staff, the local authority, the guards, the main employers. Then there was a range of trades. There was a stoneman from Carrigan Carr, butcher, master carpenter, a slater, salesman who travelled to Sligo, as did the insurance agents and the bank clerks. Cattle dealers who sold cattle directly to Scotland and Northern England. Taxi or cab from the back line took the strain for very heavy shopping or a hospital appointment. Often meeting returning family at the train, 
home from Boston, Blackburn, Birmingham, Motherwell, and took some children to schools not on the bus routes. And the new world of tractors and cars were well provided for with a local garage, sale, resale, service, mend, or emergency retrieval. The garage was on hand. But any old tireless bicycle wheel would do us, discarded by neighbours or the garage, and with a stick to balance, push it around one of the village squares. This laid out planned village was ideal for circular play routes, even if that wasn't the 19th century planner's intention. A stripped down disused pram with newly mounted timber footrests and a string to steer was our earlier version of Formula One. And at any moment there was the sound of caps firing from toy 45 Colts, cowboys, now aiming, hiding and shouting out, you're dead. Momentary, corpse-like, the other cowboy jumps up to fight another day. Homemade bow and arrow, oh, essential costume accessory. And there were lots of pet names locally, and I became known as the King of the Marbles. We had marble games for hours, until dinner was on the table, come in. A few builders lived locally, building the one-off houses, repairing and generally waiting for this local economy to take off, but there was no signs yet. Bicycles leaning against most of the shops, messages carried home in bags, sometimes delayed in the shop. Sure, what was the rush? When God made time, he made plenty of it. Maybe a salesman was taking an order. Maybe the seed and farm supplier from Straban or the Western Wholesale General Provision Salesman from Sligo. Then the children appeared on their way home from school. Again, the younger ones accompanied by brothers and sisters. The secondary school students would arrive around four-ish. The bus conductor delivering magazines and comics, as he had earlier in the morning, delivered the papers. Or then a bit of diversion, with a couple of young calves running up the village street that had escaped from a poorly fenced field nearby. The owner was contacted and the calves returned to their rightful owner's field. The village boasted two pounds, usually in use after a fair day. The out-of-village pound resembled an English pinfold. But the central village walled-off yard was big enough for a successful American ranch. I never knew what its real role was. Maybe it would come into its own on the day a bullock slipped into the mill race. One worried young lad went looking for help, shouting, There's a beast in the dam! Adults took over. Panicked youngster settled down. And the beast returned to his field and the fence was mended. Evening time and time for football training in the park. Well, for the big fellas at least. Training consisted of togging out, choosing teams, throwing the ball in and off you go. And naturally the cream rose to the top. Now there was a buzz, an expectation, something from the recent past, the dancing at the crossroads brought into the village. Stage, the back of a lorry, set up by Healy's. A band was forming. 
Well, there's lots of talent locally. Joe Lackey, Michael O'Brien, the Carrolls, Kevin McTiernan. Akeley was in full spate for an hour or so. But I was too young to attend. I watched from an upstairs window until the window sash slipped with the window crashing down on my fingers. Oh, I still, still to this day, hope that my screams for help didn't interfere with the Lancers set that night. By half past nine, clubs were forming. Groups of men met in the pubs. Drinks ordered and the pleasantries were observed, like the day-to-day -day news of neighbours' health or a recent death. Then, in a formula known only to the club members, a topic emerged. Maybe the budget or the price of cattle or the coming of the supermarkets. And then the evening debate began. As for election discussions, well, every vote seemed to be counted. Years later, I was to agree with Nora Belloff, Sunday Times journalist, criticising an English cynic of our grasp of proportional representation. She said they, meaning the Irish, us, observe it like Russian chess masters. The club was a form of conversational chess. Out here, and you know, it's always felt like that, a sort of out here, an other place. Here in North Leitrim, in Drumhair, we had a country village routine. The world of New York, Chicago, London, Blackburn or Birmingham would be there for many of us, but not yet. Everyone had cousins in the Bronx, in London hospitals, or building up and tearing England down, as the song has it. It was waiting for us, but not, not yet, though. For now, they danced the Lancer set, enjoyed Margaret Barry, drank pints while examining second preference votes. And the cares of tomorrow can wait till this day is done. Next morning is sort of off to work, well, sort of morning. Well, to my eight-year-old self, it seemed like work. Two breakfasts, a fry at home and off the mile or so to Muller. Ready for the creamery? Usually it was boiled eggs and fresh soda bread warming by the open fire. Fascinated by the farmer's dexterity, cutting the top off the egg surgically with a knife. Slowly, the two miles to the creamery were just like that image of an earlier farmer, my great-grandmother from Banagher, on her way to sell butter in Sligo, walking to Sligo from Banagher. Didn't know that this was to be the last of them. Niak image a arish on. We won't see their likes again. After our work, well, as I said, I, I thought it was work, was over. It was time for the swimming pool. Another gift, another innovation by the gifted hotelier and engineer. Then off to Market Street with lots of the other lads to see the Lone Ranger on the only TV in the village. I didn't fully understand the football results before Hi-Ho Silver, that other star of the Lone Ranger. Silver was like one of the star horses at the creamery. Then the results were read out, not unlike the tone of voice you'd hear in church, as if these football results were special. 
Wolverhampton Wanderers 3, Blackburn Rovers 3, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Birmingham City 1. All about to change. Some to head for the States, others to the cities of these football teams, Wolverhampton, Blackburn, Sheffield and Birmingham. And that's it, Leitrim to Birmingham. But for now, let the cares of tomorrow wait until this day is done. An will phone poke a new wet, an will knappy no fum nis orjoet. Nis eskalehusaj, faker na phone in takata gwin, an cho, eg daro. An von klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glina, agus taskina. Ta rod egen, gogachtina. Ta nismo olis, eg daro.com.